Welcome to the JDuff Podcast, where inspiring speakers share their Jewish dream, observation, or vision. I'm Shoshana Boyd-Gelfand, founder of JDuff, and our guest today is Rabbi Jonathan Wittenberg, Senior Rabbi of the Assembly of Masorti Synagogues and Rabbi of New North London Synagogue. More than anyone else I know, Rabbi Wittenberg is deeply in love with life and all that it entails. That love infuses his passion for Judaism, for social justice issues, for animals, and for the natural world. According to him, what lies at the heart of these commitments is a deep love and consciousness of the divine in his life. In this talk, Rabbi Wittenberg eloquently and poetically describes how this belief in God is the foundation of his moral and spiritual being, making him feel responsibility towards all life. Rabbi Wittenberg's talk is fittingly titled, Why I'm Not an Atheist. How do you say all that you want to say in 10 or 12 minutes? It's like the story of the rabbi, the chazan, and the shamas who were captured by cannibals and given a last wish before they were cooked for dinner. The rabbi said, all my thoughts, I've put them into one sermon, everything that's gone through my heart ever. I've got to say it before I die. My congregation won't let me because it takes three hours. We hear your wish, chazan. Every melody that's touched my soul is in one great Kaddish. I have to sing it before I die, but my congregation won't let me because it takes two and a half hours. Shamus, let me die first. <laughs> I'll begin. When you leave the, the M48, after crossing the old bridge over the River Severn, and you take the beautiful small road, up along the Wye Valley towards Tinton, the wooded hillside. It's a road which Nikki, my wife, found described as you travel along it, getting more beautiful as you go. Maybe that's what made William Wordsworth in 1798 feel touched by something far more deeply interfused, whose dwelling is the light of setting suns and the round ocean and the living air and in the mind of man. And this oneness speaks to me of my sense of God. In all human life and in all of nature and in all that is that which connects our consciousness, whoever we are. And I've sensed it when one lights a candle by the head of a dying person or in the care of a nurse in the intensive care unit or moments of closeness and love in the home and family. It's not an added extra. Because to me, it speaks with all the force of a commandment. The Hebrew words convey it, Yirat Adonai, the fear of God, not the fear of punishment, important as that sometimes may be to prevent us from doing wrong, but the way the mystics saw it. They said, when you love someone, when you love something, your greatest wish is not to hurt, not to destroy, not to damage, but always, always to, to cherish. And thus that presence of God speaks with a force of a moral commandment. There is no spirituality without ethics. It's nonsense. And before it, I feel accountable all the time, disturbingly so. And I have a fantasy sometimes that 
when I die or even while I live, everything I've seen and that has seen me and knows me will speak back to me and said, when you walked past me, you ignored me. And even a tree will say, your consciousness was sour at that moment and I'll be held accountable for all my deeds. That's this sense of beauty and grace. This sense of God within and beyond all is the foundation of my moral and all my spiritual being. How does one live it? But it's very nice to talk about it in theory. Let me begin with the ordinary and go to the difficult. The ordinary, the everyday, our friends, our, our family, our children, our partner, my wife, my, my parents, those close to me. Oh, love touches one with that sense as well. I think of Elsa Lasker-Schuler's poem about her son Georg, who died in his 20s. She wrote, the love of you is the only likeness one can make for oneself of God. When the moon is in blossom in the sky, it is like your life, my child. But daily life, you know, you forget and you, 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 your, your shopping list and when you'll be at home and who cleans out the guinea pigs, as was earlier mentioned, and you lose the sense of wonder all too easily. When the children were small and Nikki and I couldn't get them to sleep when we were on holiday in the new forest and it was midnight, we would admit defeat and pack them into the car and drive into the dark of the forest and I would park in the middle of nowhere and I would open the window and they would go, Daddy is cold. And I would say, listen, an owl, look, a deer. Do you, want, do you want to come out and walk outside? No, that, this was a step too far. They refused every single time. Partly because they knew they had their mother's authority behind them because on one of our early dates in Scotland, I said, Nikki, come for a night walk. And I walked her straight into the mercifully shallow waters of the nearest loch. <laughs> but I hope we've been touched with a sense of wonder. And as the essence of our close relationships is to say, we share our brief time in affection and compassion and have we enhanced our sense of reverence and wonder and God and let me go to the difficult because that's very nice but what about when there come quarrels when there are disagreements when one feels hurt at work misunderstood misprized and you think that swine that so-and-so you think I'm so angry can one catch oneself as in one's head one's thinking of retribution and say, actually, I'm not here on earth to be vindicated. I'm not alive to be right. I'm here to, to care, to heal, to understand. And if it is the case that we are all connected by the one consciousness of God, can I stand back and help unravel that chain maybe of cruelties or hurts or injustice that has led the other person to treat me so and understand and maybe let go. He hates me. He insults me. He defeated me. Those who think such thoughts shall not be free from hate. Hate is not conquered by hate. Hate is conquered by love. That is a law eternal. Thus the Buddhist scriptures, the Dharmapada. 
And when it comes to the real conflicts between Arab and Israeli, the, between, God forbid, faiths and cultures in our world, can one also, can one afford to stand back and to think religion is not, choose Jesus, Mohammed, Moses, or be a blasphemer? It's rather the long endeavor by humanity to wrap in history and culture the same intuition about the wonder and oneness of all things. And therefore, I'm going to try to understand and disarm before I have to rearm. Or is one a traitor if one thinks such thoughts? Can they be afforded? Or can we afford not to afford them? And if this seems, and sometimes it feels like, an oppressive burden of responsibility, if God's presence is in all things, can one just step back and be neutral? I don't think so. I don't think there's neutrality in life. I think it's another word for indifference. And I think that wherever there is cruelty, wherever there is the outcry of a, a Syrian refugee child or a child who's beaten or abused, or where there's hurt, or where there's the destruction of our world, it cries to us. And sometimes we hear it. And sometimes it's like what the rabbi said about the trees of the forest, that wherever a tree is needlessly destroyed, a cry goes out from one end of the world to the other, but cannot be heard. And yet somewhere we know and must be committed. I realize that in, that in speaking of these things, uh, I'm speaking of the standards not only of my dreams, but, which, but by the standards by which I have to measure my life's failures, though also my life's faith. Therefore, let me end with a question about that. One of the sharpest and most poignant that I've ever been asked, it was Limud several years ago, and somebody who cared about such matters said, tell me the difference between these two statements. God is, and God is love. I've been thinking about that ever since. God is, is the easier statement, because it seems to me God, if one's going to have a sense of God at all, is also in our destruction and not just in our making. The famous Adon Olam hymn, when all things are over, when the world is destroyed and God is in the horror and the indifference and the cruelty too. So, so God is, yes, but love, love. And yet it seems to me we have in our hearts the ability to take this knotted rope of time that is drawn through our heart in our existence and turn it to reverence and care and compassion and love. And if that is in us, where else can it come from but God? So maybe in some corner of the universe where we live, God can be love if we have the courage and if we dare. Thank you for listening to this JDOV podcast.
We hope you've enjoyed it. To watch over 100 other talks on video or to download other podcasts, please visit our website at jdove.org. Thank you.